Welcome to the albums that saved us. This week's album is Rio by Duran Duran. The quintessential 80s album, the quintessential 80s videos that helped put MTV on the map, and the quintessential 80s band, at least until about 1985. This year is the 35th anniversary of the Rio album, and it's certainly one of the albums that saved us. Though those MTV videos put Duran Duran on the map in the USA, they started small in Birmingham, England of 1978, founded by school friends Nick Rhodes and John Taylor, getting together around their love of Bowie and Roxy music. Eventually, the band would say they wanted to be a blend of punk and disco, chic, and the Sex Pistols. The name of the band came from the 70s camp space opera Barbarella, starring Jane Fonda. The character's name in the film was actually Durand Durand. Drop a couple of Ds, gain a couple of Ds. Barbarella? Yes, Mr. President. Find Duran Duran. Interestingly, the first Duran gigs were actually in a club called Barbarella's with a drum machine instead of a drummer. Now, some members came and went before they pulled in funky disco fan drummer Roger Taylor, who clicked well with bassist John Taylor. Eventually, they'd get up to three Taylors in the band, none of them related. Maybe Taylors are the Smiths of England or the Joneses. Perhaps they could have been the Taylors or Taylor, 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 or Taylor, 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 Taylor. The third and final Taylor, rocking session musician Andy Taylor, came along via an ad in Melody Maker magazine. A couple of singers later, Simon LeVon waltzed in, in leopard pants, clutching a notebook of poetry that would form the basis of many of Duran's early songs. The band was now a unit and based at the Rum Runner Club, where they worked in various roles, rehearsed, and played shows at night as pioneers of the new romantic scene. They didn't coin the term that was a rock journalist in a local magazine, but Duran Duran put it into their early hit and first single, Planet Earth. Some new romantic looking for the TV sound. All the Durannies listening now are saying, switch it up. And if I have to tell you... Anyway, Duran were always an artsy and visual band. Model good looks, snazzy dressers from their mom's blouses to military style to Anthony Price colorful suits, all the while pushing the boundaries of audio and visual. They changed their hair colors so many times early on, I thought they had different lineups. From the start, they were a visual band and blended music with film and music videos, pushing the boundaries in more ways than one. They wanted to get beyond a music video of a band playing a song and tell stories. Their early on long form video for Girls on Film was racy softcore porn banned by the BBC, pushing the song into their first top 10 hit and helping their first album debut at number three on the British charts. Duran Duran were on a roll and the Rio album came out in the spring of 1982. It entered the English charts at number two and singles like Hungry Like the Wolf and Save a Prayer were top 10 hits. The band and their management had decided they needed to be part of this American MTV scene and push what the channel was playing and hopefully break into the U.S. market. The band traveled to Sri Lanka and Antigua between tour dates for the first album to film several music videos, some of which probably never saw airplay on MTV. But the Indiana Jones-esque Hungry Like the Wolf the sweeping temples and beaches of Save a Prayer and the beach yacht fantasy of Rio would get constant airplay on early MTV. 
Other lesser-known videos shot during the same period included Lonely in Your Nightmare and Night Boat, featuring a creepy zombie fest storyline set on a deserted island. I'm sure my intro to Duran Duran was via one of those ubiquitous videos that seemed to play so much on MTV. Obviously, the storytelling in the video stood out, but there was something about the style of the band and the songs that really grabbed me. It was a prolific time for the band, too, and they seemed to not only be all over MTV, but all over the radio as well. Not only were the videos iconic, but the Rio album cover is likely one of the most recognized album covers from the 80s, if not of all time, whether you were a fan or not. Cover art was from a painting by Patrick Nagel. Nagel? Nagel? Nigel? An artist well-known for his almost art deco art featuring women with a very 80s feel, even for the time. So the 80s during the 80s. Upon release in the U.S., the album didn't do well. Originally, it featured the same mixes as on the U.K. release. In the early 80s, 12-inch singles, extended versions and dance versions were big at the time for the clubs. The band had been working with producer David Kirschenbaum on dancier-sounding extended versions for the clubs. Soon after, the collected remixes were released on an EP called Carnival, including versions of Rio, Hold Back the Rain, My Own Way, Hungry Like the Wolf, and New Religion. Perhaps the New Romantic style wasn't going over well with the U.S. audience. The New Romantic style was very British. The band thought the dancier versions might go over better with the U.S. audience and push for a U.S. reissue of Rio with the Kirschenbaum mixes and brought them back in to remix more of the tracks for the U.S. version. The new mixes featured a dancier, rockier sound with heavier drums and additional percussion in the forefront. Most of these go to 10 this one is different. It goes to 11. Why not make 10 one louder? Well, this one goes to 11. The band seemed like it was pumping out music videos and releases because it was. The band also released the first video album of its time, which eventually won a Grammy for a video album, featuring the videos from the Rio album and their debut album, Duran Duran. Soon after, they re-released the debut album in the U.S. with the newly added track, Is There Something I Should Know?, also featuring another iconic Duran Duran video, and it became another hit for the band, keeping them at the forefront. Duran Duran's Rio album has had a long-lasting legacy that lasts to this day, and they've gotten more notice maybe in the latter part of their career. According to Wikipedia, in 2000, Rio was ranked number 98 in Q Magazine's 100 Greatest British Albums. In 2003, it was listed at number 65 in the NME 100 Greatest Albums of All Time. In 2004, CMJ ranked it the number one album in their top 20 most albums of 1982. In 2008, it was ranked 24th best British album of all time in a joint HMVQ poll. It ranked number 95 in Pitchfork's top 100 albums of the 80s and is included in the list on 1,001 albums you must hear before you die. In April 2013, Rio was voted number three in BBC Radio 2's Top 100 Favorite Albums of All Time. I do want to talk about the production on this album a bit, especially the drums. So back in the 80s, albums were recorded much differently than they are now in the digital age. In the analog age, you'd have many tracks recorded on tape that would literally have to be pieced together. The Rio album is a very layered album. Obviously, you've got bass and guitar, vocals and keys, backing vocals, drums, and percussion. Singer Simon LeBon would record multiple vocal tracks and, in essence, harmonize with himself. Duran Duran is one of my favorite bands of all time, and particularly this Rio era. 
Roger Taylor, the drummer, has always been one of my drumming idols and was a huge influence on me getting into drums. I used to watch him play in the music videos and on TV appearances. This story is for another episode, but I played Roger in a Duran Duran tribute band called Rio for a couple of years. So I've studied the music of Duran Duran, in particular, the drumming of Roger Taylor. Roger was a very funky drummer and favored a dancey sound. Duran Duran was very influenced by disco, in particular the disco pioneers Sheik. Sheik's drummer was Tony Thompson, a very heavy funk drummer who would not only play on Sheik's hits, other disco hits, and hits from the 80s as well. He was also the drummer for the Power Station Duran Duran spinoff that featured Robert Palmer on vocals and John and Andy from Duran on bass and guitar. Eventually, Michael DeBars would step in for the first Power Station tour when Palmer pulled out. Now, that disco dancey drumming often featured a cross hi-hat playing style, so you'd hear a sound. And let's go back to our recording. So Rogers talked about recording the early albums and in interviews back then and more recently. Back on those early albums, each drum was individually recorded and then pieced together. So he would play the snare, or the toms, I don't know, maybe that's the bass. But anyway, each recorded separately and then put together. Then Roger would go back in and overdub cymbals, percussion, hi-hat, multiple hi-hat tracks. He'd do a rock hi-hat track and then usually a cross-hand dancey track as well and also record accents on rototoms and his Simmons electrotoms. Now in the digital era, part of a drum track can be recorded, snipped, and dropped in digitally. In the early 80s, if you were laying down a drum track for a five-minute song, you played that drum part for five minutes. The other members had their contributions, obviously. John Taylor's always been an underrated bass player and his bass playing really stands out on the Rio track. Andy Taylor was a rock guitarist at heart. Nick Rhodes punctuated with keys and synths and dressed with style, while Simon featured his interesting, almost whiny vocal style and poetic lyrics. The girls and some boys loved it. So let's dig into the Rio album tracks. For those listening, and I hope you were, when Rio was released in May 82, it featured nine tracks mixed from the original master tapes. Six months later, a second version of the album was re-released in North America that replaced many of the original mixes with remixes by producer David Kirschenbaum. What I want to focus on is the Rio Deluxe Edition released in 2015 because it's so expansive and covers the U.S. and U.K. variations along with single versions, remixes, and even some early demos. So if you're going to get this album on CD, this is the one to get. And let me say, at least to me, Rio is an album where every track is strong. There's a little variation here and there, but it's a cohesive album full of great rockers, ballads, and more. Plus, it's got a good beat you can dance to. The album opens with the song Rio, that funky, danceable track we've talked about. Rio was kind of meant to be an ode to the U.S. and the band Breaking in the U.S. The mythology of the iconic video and even the album cover tie into the mystique of the song. Is it a girl in the song? Is she the girl from the album cover? Is the girl from the video Rio? Is the girl on the album cover Rio? The track really highlights the musicianship overall of the band with the funky drums and bass, the sweeping keyboards, Andy's guitar, and Simon's odd lyrics that rarely make sense. Frequent Duran saxophonist Andy Hamilton is featured here as well, adding a lot to the track. Her name is Rio and she dances on the sand, just like that river twisting through the Rio Grande. Truly one of the great 80s songs and one of Duran's tops. And there's a reason I'm a drummer. Next out is My Own Way, which was also a single, featuring a very different version with an almost orchestral keyboard track throughout. 
things slow down a bit here with the valid lonely in your nightmare good track also one of the videos from the sri lanka trip though not one of the more well-known videos things pick up a bit of course with hungry like the wolf the 80s classic quintessential duran with rocking guitar pounding drums epic electro and rototom overdubs that really accentuate the track the video is of course epic there are a few different versions of this track with the aforementioned varied drums, heavier drums, more moans, less moans. Is that Rio moaning at the end? Actually, the laughter at the beginning of the song and the moaning at the end were performed by Nick's girlfriend at the time. Who knew? Hold Back the Rain was one of the tracks with a few different versions between the UK and US with slightly different arrangements, drums, and even lyrics. It features some nice percussive accents from Roger like dun, 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 dun. Andy, help me hold back the rain. Again, there's a reason I was a drummer. From here, the album takes a bit of a moodier turn. New Religion is described in the Rio liner notes as a dialogue between the ego and the alter ego, which is reflected in the chorus where two conflicting voices sing on top of each other. Take another chance for care of the fight. You can take them if you're fast. Don't you know why this evil bothers me? So didn't I say if you're holding on, you'll be laughing at the last... So why are you trying to follow me? I get along fine with the friends of mine, but you have to make a choice. How many reasons do they need? You're singing out of tune, but the beat's in time, and it's us who makes the noise. Speaking of singing out of tune, I've always kind of lumped Last Chance on the Stairway in with Lonelier Nightmare. Good tracks that fit on the album, but a little more on the ballady side. Of course, Save a Prayer is the iconic love song and part of the Rio Troika of Rio, Hungry, and Save a Prayer. Perhaps the most Sri Lanka-esque of the videos featuring long walks on the beach, Hindu temples, linen outfits, and live shots of the band, and fans with lighters held high. Sounds like my Playboy profile. And remember, some people call it a one-night stand, but we could call it paradise. The album closes with the epic dark horse, The Chauffeur. I agree with the fans that think this is one of Duran's best tracks. It's moody and gray and mean and restless. Almost doesn't fit on the album and may have fit better on Duran's first album. It's a dark, sweeping track. These are among Laban's most poetic of lyrics, which he'd written as a poem before he was even in the band. And watching lovers part, I see you smiling. What glass splinters lie so deep in your mind? The chauffeur also includes the very Duran-esque phrase, Sing Blue Silver, which was kind of a catchphrase for the fan and would be the name of the film chronicling the seven and the ragged tiger tour when duran were quickly ascending to being the biggest band in the world it's another steamy video which doesn't feature the band at all the chauffeur video is an artsy black and white piece featuring two women in lingerie one of which is the chauffeur they drive around and then dance together topless in a parking garage more duran softcore art porn for early 80s boys and girls especially boys it was tough back then. Some of us just had girls on film and the chauffeur. From here, the deluxe version of Rio includes remixes of several tracks. My Own Way is the extended remix from the Carnival EP, and Rio, Lonely in Your Nightmare, Hunger Like the Wolf, and Hold Back the Rain are from the Kirschenbaum mixes for the U.S. re-release. We also get some nice demos that had been previously unreleased and called the Manchester Square Demos. These were recorded in August 1981 and include Last Chance on the Stairway, My Own Way, New Religion, and the excellent B-side, Like an Angel which should have been on an album. Interestingly, I believe the demo version of My Own Way features the only time Simon's recorded dropping an F-bomb in the lyrics because he does it his own way. Next, we get some non-album singles and B-sides. The studio version of Like an Angel is here. 
a rocking live version of Careless Memories from the tour for the first album and an acoustic version of The Chauffeur. There's also the 7-inch version of My Own Way featuring that orchestra feel. Next, we get some of Duran's night version remixes, including My Own Way, Hungry, Rio, and New Religion. Basically, the night versions are extended mixes with different extended openings and endings. And obviously, Duran toured extensively for this album and got bigger and bigger as they toured the world. They wasted little time and then recorded Seven and the Ragged Tiger and toured again. From there, they released a live album called Arena and the Wild Boys single, a James Vaughn theme in A View to a Kill, and then stumbled their way through a set at Live Aid after not rehearsing for months until the day before. John and Andy had already ventured off to do the power station, and Nick, Simon, and for a bit, Roger decided to counter with the artsier, moodier, more theatrical Arcadia. Where Power Station was a heavier, funkier, rockier alternative, Arcadia was closer to Duran, but with more keyboards and instrumentation and mood. It was moody and gray and mean and restless. I also thought Arcadia should have been a Duran Duran album and is the best album Duran never did. So Duran Duran was on a break and didn't come out of it well and rested. Power Station toured with a different singer than Robert Palmer, as we've mentioned. Arcadia didn't tour. Partway through Arcadia, Roger quit the band. Soon after the Power Station tour, Andy quit the band. Simon, Nick, and John soldiered on and put out the Nile Rogers of Chic-produced pseudo-funky white boy soul album Notorious with Steve Ferroni on drums and new member Warren Cucurillo on guitar. Cucurillo would stay with the band for several albums and tours and was quite an accomplished guitarist before Duran Duran coming from Missing Persons and playing for years with Frank Zappa. Duran honestly struggled with their own legacy and identity for years after this, trying many different styles that often didn't fit, straying too far from the approach and sound perfected on Rio. They had some solid singles, but not many cohesive albums after that. They had a slight comeback in the early 90s and a couple of hits that had been missing for them in Ordinary World and Come Undone. It seemed Duran Duran didn't really get respect again until 2010 came around, and Mark Ronson saved them with the All You Need Is Now album. He brought the band literally back to their old sound and recording style, and it really worked. They seem to have been riding a nostalgia wave ever since then. Now, the Rio album is arguably Duran's best record. For me, other standouts are the self-titled debut album Duran Duran, Notorious, and the 2010 album All You Need Is Now, surprisingly good for a band late in their career was never a huge fan of Seven and the Ragged Tiger. Good tracks, but overall bloated and overproduced for my tastes. I've seen Duran Duran live several times. They put on a good show. Their Strange Behavior tour for the Notorious album was my first concert. Saw them a couple of years later on the Big Thing tour. Decent show, but truncated versions and medleys of the hits don't really do it for me. Years later, I'd catch them on the Red Carpet Massacre tour, which was a fine show. I was lucky to see them at a smallish club in L.A. called The Mayan, supporting the All You Need Is Now album and a live webcast experiment with David Lynch. This was my favorite time I've seen them live as I was so close, and I'll probably never get that close to the band again. I also saw them play in Costa Mesa at the fairgrounds, which was a fantastic show and set list with some nice gems thrown in. I think we got, you know, in addition to the usual hits, Election Day, Skin Trade, Do You Believe in Shame, I can't remember if this was the end of the Red Carpet Massacre tour or the All You Need Is Now tour or if it was just a throw-off summer show in the middle. Sorry, it's a long time ago. 
Unfortunately, I never saw them with the original lineup that reunited in the early OOs. Now, Duran Duran are a band that wear their influences on their sleeves. Obviously, you'll see some Bowie and Roxy music in there. Also look for some hints of the band Japan as well. Chic were a huge influence. Listen to Le Freak and you can almost hear the seeds of Duran Duran germinating. Duran Duran have influenced a ton of bands through today. The Killers are huge fans, as are My Chemical Romance. Also look at bands like Franz Ferdinand and Scissor Sisters for influence of Duran Duran. And when I started to listen to Duran Duran, it really took me back to some of their influences. So if you like Duran Duran, you got to listen to Bowie. you got to listen to Roxy Music and other glam music from the late 70s and early 80s. Also listen to Chic if you're interested in Duran Duran. Of course, check out The Power Station, especially their debut album. And of course, Arcadia's So Red the Rose, again, which should have been a Duran Duran album and still the best album Duran Duran never did. And of course, they also have the best James Bond theme in View to a Kill, and that's not bad. And so that's my take on Duran Duran's Rio album. Let me know if you've got anything to add, disagree, or whatever. Thanks for listening to the albums that saved us, and thanks to Anchor for helping me get started. Visit my sponsors, and if you're inclined to donate to help the clause, maybe I'll buy a record or something. Find me at hashtag albums that saved us. Email me at albumsthatsavedus at gmail.com with feedback, criticism, ideas, albums, or bands you want to hear or talk about. Join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com slash albumsthatsaveduspodcast, and there's a Facebook group as well. On Twitter, twitter.com slash albumsthatsaved. On Instagram, instagram.com slash albumsthatsavedus. On TikTok even at tiktok.com slash albumsthatsavedus on YouTube at Albums That Saved Us. If you have any album suggestions, bands you want to talk about, let me know. I don't know what's coming up next week. I haven't decided yet. If you like Albums That Saved Us, please also help spread the word, share the links, tell some friends, call in, leave a comment or question. We'll see you next time.